Welcome to the Idea Podcast. My name is Sarah Rose. Today, I have the honor of speaking with the most recent Hall of Fame member, Chris Dreischer. Chris is going to share a little bit of his history in the sports entertainment business. He'll talk a little bit more about what it means to really be a leader within the industry and to lead teams and to lead people. Chris has a wealth of knowledge. Stay tuned. Let's talk to Chris. My name is Chris Reicher, and I'm the Senior Director of Ballpark Entertainment with the Texas Rangers. We are so excited to have you on today, Chris. Thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this Idea Podcast. I want to learn a little bit more. If you, if you don't mind, give me a little bit of background on your career journey. I know you haven't always been at the Rangers. You were, you've had other visits before then. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your career? For sure. Yeah. So it started at the University of Nebraska as a journalism uh, student, and I learned very quickly that radio and TV were not uh, (laughs) in my future and not something I enjoyed, but uh, was able to find production while I was there. The the Cornhuskers were a good football team at that time, and they were the first college to have a video board installed. And so uh, a friend of mine named Brandon Meyer told me about it one day in Spanish class, and I was highly intrigued about uh, what what kind of an opportunity could you know put me on the uh, Nebraska football field to film those guys and do other things? And he introduced me to Jeff Schmall, the director of Husker Vision at the time, and and I knew that from that second, as soon as I learned about those things and saw what, what we could do, that that was what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So I dove headlong into that in college and and had all kinds of opportunities with uh, coaches shows and putting together video board features and then doing live production. And from there did, uh, you know, an internship uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays doing uh, video board stuff with John Franzone and his group down there. And just had three and a half years of, of professional experience with some of the very best out there at the time. And, and as I finished up college, had an opportunity with an offer from the, the Kansas City Royals to go and do video board production with them. Brandon Verzel, a good friend of mine who was also at Husker Vision, back when I was there, was hired by the Royals. And, and the Kansas City Royals were kind of my hometown team. My dad was Army, so we moved all over the country, but ended up in the Midwest in Leavenworth, Kansas, a couple different times. And family was from Iowa and Nebraska, so we grew up big Royals fans. So when the opportunity arose... For me to take a full-time job there, I wasn't going to pass up on that. Um, and so we got to go down there, and I, I was with the, the Kansas City Royals from 2001 until about 2013. And during that time, got to do the 2012 MLB All-Star Game, and uh, we did a, a high-definition uh, video board control room upgrade it's starting in 2008 through 2010, and that's where we put in our first um, high definition Dactronics video board, which actually for maybe it was like a couple months, it was the largest in the world. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> some some small team down here in Texas put in a big video board, uh, <laughs> and I, I say small team jokingly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, they put in the world's biggest video board over here in, uh, at the Cowboys, and uh, so that was short lived, but it was fun to put on your resume for a little bit. Um, and then uh, towards the end of 13, I was kind of looking for a, a change of pace and was, was looking around at some different sports, but then uh, got a great uh, call and opportunity from my current boss, Chuck Morgan, who's the executive vice president of uh, Ballpark Entertainment down here at the Texas Rangers. And he introduced me to some amazing folks, uh, Ugo Carbajal, Colin Drake, and, and a handful of others. 
um, who I've had the opportunity to work with now going on almost 10 years, which is crazy to say, but been here from uh, 2014 since and have had a number of amazing opportunities here. So that is uh, a lot. It's been 27 years of, of not really working. And when I say that, I mean, I enjoy what I do so much that it, it's not really a job to me. And I tell people that all the time. I was like, go find something where you you don't really feel like you're working. It's just something you're passionate about and excited about it. And that uh, I've been blessed and fortunate enough to work in an industry for this long that it just doesn't feel like work, you know, so um, but it's been a it's been a very good ride so far. Yeah, so many, so many different experiences as you've gone through that. I have to ask you a question, though. Which has better barbecue, Kansas City or Dallas, Texas? Kansas City. It's not even. It's not even a discussion. Oh, and I know there's a lot of people down here who will be angry at me for saying that. But <laughs> I, they do a they do a cute and fine job of of barbecue down here in Texas. But no, there's nothing to me. There's nothing. I am a Kansas City barbecue snob, and there's nothing in the country or the world, as far as I'm concerned, that compares to it. There's there's other good barbecues, and I'm like I said, they do a fine job down here in Texas. But I will. I would drive, walk, or crawl to Kansas City to get barbecue any day of the week over anywhere else. So, <laughs> what is what would you recommend, or is one of the best places to get barbecue in KC? I'm a big fan of. Uh, I think it's called Kansas City Joe's now. It used mm. to be Oklahoma Joe's Barbecue, but I think there was some separation going on there. But uh, I, oh, it's Joe's Kansas City is what it is. Excuse me, Joe's Kansas City, and um, that is my favorite place up there. But then there, you know, there's other great ones, Jack Stacks. Um, there's a new one called Q39, and there's a handful of others. But, uh, yeah, I could spend a week there and probably go to a different place every single day and be satisfied. So, <laughs> Yeah, I figured you might have said that, but just had to ask in case. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for some barbecue. I need to know where to go to. That's great. For sure. That's great. Well, in your career, Chris, I just think it is remarkable the people you've had to work with. You na- You named off some really pioneers in our industry, and you had the opportunity to work with them, work alongside with them, learn from them. If you think back on those times, what were some of the most memorable moments you had as you think about your career, and, and what did you learn from those people? It, you, you nailed it on the head. It's, I mean, I can't even, I don't know. I, I'm just so thankful. I'm, I'm been so blessed to work with um, you know, Jeff Schmall at, at Husker Vision, uh, Idea Hall of Famer, John Franzone, Idea Hall of Famer with the Tampa Bay Rays for an internship. And then, you know, Chuck Morgan is also an Idea Hall of Famer here. So I, I other than, other than, you know, I'm a, I, I'm a believer in God. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. And, and I just, I feel like he's just guided me on this crazy path. And I don't know why I got picked to you know, to, to, to walk this path with all these great people, but I have. And so I, and I don't take that for granted. I, I am very aware of a lot of the people that have touched my life, um, in, in a work regard and other, and I, I try to pass along anything I've learned from those guys. And, and one of the funny things about Jeff, he was a, he was just really, really good at what he did. He did a great job. Uh, raising all of us students and, and building us up and mentoring us, but he didn't let us rest on our on our laurels when it came to production. You know, Husker Vision, the the tagline there was dedicated to excellence. Mm. And so I just remember sitting in the control room one day, and I don't even remember what year I was. And he walked in and he goes, "Hey, Chris, how's your uh, project going?" And I go, "Oh, it's fine." 
And so he stops and he looks at me dead serious and goes, oh, so we're dedicated to fineness now? <laughs> and and I was like, oh, uh, no, it will be better. <laughs> so but I, I always laugh when I think of Jeff in that moment. But but that's that's what, you know, he pushed us towards was was excellence. And it, and it was great. It was fine, you know, and then, um, you know, the John Friend's own, you know, is a guy who's, you know, won a World Series with the Yankees and and been part of some great productions at the Yankees and the Rays and now the, the Tampa Bay Lightning doing great things there. And um, John's one of my favorite individuals that I've ever met because he has just such a tremendous personality. He has a love for entertainment. He always helped me to think in a different way about mm-hmm. um, whether it was a video or a production or the way to present something on the field. Uh, he did a great job there. And then you know, one of my bosses in, in Kansas City with the Royals was a gentleman named Don Castani, and Don had come from the San Antonio Spurs, and he brought with him uh, a great knowledge of how to use uh, in-game hosts, how to use mascots, and to really push uh, the entertainment side of things with crowd prompts and music and, and uh you know, all, that, that kind of angle of things. And, and I did. I learned a ton from him. Um, learned a ton from uh, both Brandon Meyer and Brandon Verzel, who have just you know been friends my whole life, and really, really been blessed by all these guys to just take a little bit of a little bit of knowledge from each of them and uh, mold it into who I am and the way you know, kind of like my uh, mode of operation, if you will. And then you know, Chuck here uh, with the Rangers is just one of the most incredible baseball people you've ever been around, and he cares for this sport so much, and he he's really taught me how to uh continue to what i say so bring in like you know baseball is a timeless sport it's just been around forever and some people look at it as this slow plodding turtle sometimes that is slow to change but but i also think that's a little bit of its charm is that it has been around for so long um but but it is a sport where you can come and you can have a conversation with your folks but at the same time get some of that entertainment aspect and, and Chuck has, has given me that appreciation for the sport and, and just some of its quieter moments where some of my other bosses gave me an appreciation for the louder moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been a great mix with all the guys and whoever or whatever I am today, it's just it's because all of these chefs kind of cooked me in a pot and here I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> And we love who you are. We love who you are. And I know you're passionate about one other thing. It's helping to develop others. I know um, in my time working with you, there's been many people who've come through your leadership and now are doing incredible and amazing things within our industry. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And it's funny that you uh, hit on that because I have, if you ask me right now, Chris, what's your favorite thing about what you do now? Well, my favorite thing about what I do right now is manage people. Mm -hmm. And it's so odd because it really came about with some management training that they did here at the Texas Rangers with a gentleman named Rod Olson. We call him Coach O. Hmm. And he has a training course that uh, we all went through here. And through that process, I realized that I really enjoy managing people and talking to people, working with people and getting the best out of people. And throughout my career, I have been blessed with numerous people to work with from Ben Mertens at the Royals, who's gone on to do amazing thing with the Seattle Mariners. And we had other folks at the Royals, Todd Kinsey, Mm -hmm. Stephen Funky, uh, who's still with the Royals doing great things. Uh, Just 
so many uh, folks that I was able to kind of work side by side with, but at the same time try to manage and instill things. And then I've had the same opportunity here at the at the Rangers. I mentioned earlier, you know, Colin Drake, Hugo Carbajal, David Foster, Manny Kent. There's so many folks that have come through here um, that I have tried, each of them with their own personalities and their own, um, I, I say quirks, but I mean that in a good way, like creative quirks and, and you know, things. But you really you don't realize something, you know, as you're, as you're growing up, you're like, Oh, I want to be a coordinator. And I, I want to be a manager and now a yeah. director. And I don't think anybody really knows what those titles mean until you really do have to manage people and you have to direct your group. You have to direct your people. You have to give direction for the, for the department as a whole. Like what are we going to accomplish when people walk into this building and, you know, and then now we're built up here in my, in our department, Chuck and my department that we have, you know, 10 or 11 folks from, from engineering to editors to graphic folks. And, and each of them is their own person. Each of them has their own backgrounds and, and races and ethnicities. And, and it's just fun to me to get a group of people and, and do my best to put them in a position to succeed. You know, that's one of my biggest things about this is one, put people in spots where they can do their very best work and how they will succeed. And then two, if Krista Reicher's not here tomorrow, did he leave the place he was at better than when he found it? And so what I'm hoping is that if I walked away tomorrow, that this place wouldn't miss a beat, you know, that they, they've they all learned enough and they all know enough and that, uh, you know, that I've done my job, you know. And so that's, I don't know, it's just something about managing people. Um, and, and, yeah, I've just been so blessed to work with so many great talents. Um, but, I, but I've learned that's the big thing, too, though, is I – I learned very early that you're, it's kind of like, um, you know, coaches in, in different sports and things. You're only as good as the people around you, I think. Yeah. And, and so I have always tried to work really hard um, that when I'm hiring a person, I'm hiring them for a long time. I'm just not bringing in a body. I, I believe in that philosophy that if you hire well, um, that, that, you know, that's going to set your group apart from others. Uh, so I really try to take, you know, extra care and effort into who am I bringing in? What's their, you know, what's their attitude and effort like, you know, what's their background like, you know, can they, can they gel with the group that we currently have, you know? And so, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's really odd because, you know, my favorite thing to do when I started in this industry was to edit. I just absolutely love editing videos, but I think managing people has now surpassed that, even though every once in a while I give myself a, a project to work on just to stay fresh but uh but i just yeah people have just really been a uh a fun part of this for me lately and i'm not surprised i mean i've known you for a number of years and people are important to you people matter a lot and just the fact that you have taken to management and leading people you're doing it in such a way like you said to bring the best out in them to help them to be successful and that's the person you are chris and so i can see why for you you're, it's something that you are passionate about and doing so well at. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So maybe if we shift gears, I think you've certainly had a, a very decorative career in the sports and entertainment industry. But let's talk about IDEA. So not only have you really had so much success in your career, but you also have given so much to the IDEA organization. And so in through the many roles you had, and I think you, I know what you will say to this. Well, I didn't give much. They gave more to me, right? But I uh, did. I already did. I already did. I already say what you were going to say. <laughs> no, no, that's good. No, but 
let's talk a little bit about that. Tell me how IDEA has influenced you in your career. So I mentioned earlier uh, that I interned uh, down in Tampa Bay with the Rays in 1999, I believe it was. And that year, uh, my friend Brandon Meyer and I, we were going down to, to intern with uh, John Franzone and those guys down there. Well, as we were getting down there, it just happened to be that they were holding something called the IDEA Conference down oh, there. And yeah. I say that because I had I really didn't know. All I knew was that uh, my boss, Jeff Schmall, was somehow tied to it and that uh, he was asking Brandon and I if we wanted to come and and be interns that ran around and filmed stuff and refilled cups and sharpened pencils. Yeah. And uh, little did we know we'd be buying 24 cases of beer and throwing them in the back of his car and loading <laughs> that down and driving it around. But um, I tell you what, we walked in the very first day ready to help out and do whatever we could. And within an hour, I just, my eyes were so wide open and so blown away. And I mean, I are, I had already known that what I wanted to do is video production after working at Husker Vision. And then, you know, the raise part of it was good. But when I walked in and saw all these people, all these teams, all these partners, you know, such as the, you know, Dactronics of the world and, and Sony's and all these other folks. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And everybody had their video boards lit up and there were cameras everywhere. And it was just absolutely mind blowing for me. And then that that was just during the day. And then and then, of course, when we went out night and we're playing beach volleyball on the beach with Coronas and there's a band going on and all these other things, I just I mean, I was in I mean, I was <laughs> sold a million percent, you know, and still was just a, you know, student from Nebraska, you know, trying to find my way. And uh, from that moment on, though, it's amazing from 99 in that conference, there are people to this day I call dear friends of mine that I met back then that were a part of teams. They were a part of, uh, you know, the, the the allied members that, you know, the, the different uh, partnership groups. That, like the amount of people that I met there that I still know today, uh, it, it just it boggles my mind. And but but that's the thing that we always talk about is that's the thing that sets idea apart is that it's a relationship conference. It's not, you know, it's yes, we have booths at that conference, but it's the relationships that you form there with anyone and everyone that later on in life, time and again, because of somebody I talked to there, later on, they may have moved two different jobs, but by the time that they got to that third job and the time I was, by the time I was in a place where I was making decisions and making purchasing decisions, because of that relationship, you know, I, I we worked with them and, and maybe purchased something from them, or they were able to lead me towards someone else. and. And that's what uh, idea has just been throughout the years is just truly a place where you go to get ideas. To me, it's always been like a, I talk about it as like a cell phone charger. You know, I, you know, as your batteries get low during the season when you're working for a team and you're beat up because you're, you know, you're just finished up a 10 game homestand and you're so tired, but you finally get to idea and it is like this phone charger that just yep. rejuvenates you, know, you. you back. Yeah, yeah rejuvenates you yeah exactly and by the time you leave i've never not had this since 1999 i have never left idea and not felt like i was going to go raise the bar or try this or do this or try to outdo this team or outdo this and it's all fun competition you know what i mean but it's yeah. you know or i'm going to take this idea and i'm going to make it better you know and so um, idea has just always been something that has uh, charged me up and uh, you know it's even in in tough time you know there's been tough years that everybody has you know in life and tough seasons and 
And it just has always been the one place I could go where when I left, you just, you felt loved, you, you felt like, you know, you were able to impart things to other people, but then, you know, take things from other people as well that, that just build you up. And, and, uh, I, I don't know, I just, I can't say enough good things about what idea has done, uh, for me personally in my life. And, and so, but, so all that to say, that's why no matter what, I always tried to give back. I always tried to, if somebody needed help, I raised my hand. Somebody asked me about this the other night after the idea hall of fame recognition, they said, you know, well, how, how does a person get there? You know, how, how do they get to, to be a hall of fame member? I said, well, I, I'll tell you how I did it. I, I stood there and I raised my hand when they needed help. And I said, that's that's truly about it. They needed a, a GMA rep at the time because David Schindler wasn't going to do it anymore. I raised my hand. You know, they, they yeah. needed a baseball advisory rep because someone was leaving. I raised my hand. So on and so forth. First by VP, president, past president. You know, you just – I cared about it so much. I, I And to this day, I still feel like I can't ever give enough, you know, because yeah. – because of everything that it has given me and everything that it means to me, even right now, after all of this, after serving 12 years on the executive board, I still don't feel like I've given it anywhere near as much as it's given me. Yeah, I hear you. I I think I you have definitely, Chris, have given above and beyond, but there's so we just see the growth and we see the opportunity that the organization has, and we want to give more. We want to help it to be successful, not just in two years, but 12 years and 20 years from now. So I think that's for someone who's passionate about an organization like you are, I think that's a natural feeling that you'd have. And we just appreciate so much all you've done for the organization over the la- you know, over your whole career, but in the last 12 years all the serving that you've done as well. And don't, not to mention hosting. Didn't you have to host tw- didn't you host twice cuz you host in Kansas City <laughs> and then took the job at the re- and hosted again was it within like a few years, right? That's right. Yeah, we I think we hosted in 2011 because it was the year before the MLB All-Star Game, which was in 2012. And then I moved to Dallas and uh, Matt Coy already had it uh, under wraps here. He was with the Dallas Cowboys at the time. But, yeah, I came in with the Texas Rangers and and uh, Chuck and I, you know, helped tie in things with the Cowboys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was great to be able to host uh, two different uh, idea conferences. And again, we're, <laughs> I, I tell Liz Brown and, and the, everybody else that we're always the fallback. If you ever need, if you ever need a spot, uh, you know, don't ever hesitate to come on down because this place is always growing and changing and, and I enjoy hosting. So uh, yeah. anytime for sure. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's always been amazing. I do remember after Kansas City, I think you said something. I just need to rest a little while. And then I was like, oh, we're heading back to see Chris again. <laughs> he always puts on such a good show. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's always so good. Was there anything that you think regarding that you would tell someone, let's say that they're this is they're attending their the conference for the first time. They've heard about it. What advice would you give to someone new to idea? And what would you what would you tell them they should do as they be a part of this organization? So great, great question. And and, you know, as one thing I was uh, I was thinking about it when we were talking about this a little bit earlier was as I was standing, you know, uh, on the stage in Austin, you know, just recently, I'm, I'm looking out at the state or looking out at all the people. And there was a attendance record, 800 people, right. you know, at this last idea. And I looked out and I instantly, I was like, boy, I tell you what, I don't recognize three fourths of these people. Mm-hmm. And that was a good thing. And, and we, you know, you know what I mean by that yeah. is like, wow, look at this growth. You know, and but what it did for me 
it, it, it fired me up like, oh, man, I am excited and ready to jump back in here and meet these people and help these people like I was helped before. So yep. it, it goes back to that whole thing. Wanting to help is like I do want to grab the first timers and and and, you know, pull them close and say, you know, and, and so the question is, what what would you tell a first timer? So I, I would grab all these first timers and I would say, listen, the first thing you need to do is not be afraid here. You need to take a chance and talk to somebody. You, you know, there is no one here that is unapproachable. Uh, just, you know, from and it starts with with the pres- current president, Heather Pearson. She's the mm-hmm. most approachable person I think most of us have, have ever met. And and so. When your president is approachable, everybody on down the line, you know what I mean, seems approachable. Yep. And so I tell the new folks all the time, hey, jump into that group, jump into that thing, you know, raise your hand, ask the question. Don't ever be afraid to ask the question that some, you know, you might think, oh, this is such a dumb question, but there just aren't any. And, and you know, and then a question that maybe was asked 10 years ago, but it hasn't been asked since needs to be asked again because there's so many people who've come after that 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 maybe don't know the answer to something and and you know we're all trying to make our way we've all been where those first timers are and we've all had those moments where you are just like you know a small fish in a big pond and you're scared and you don't really know what to do but the first time somebody grabs you and and pulls you over and tells you about something, you know, I mean, it's, and then it just goes from there and then you're meeting person after person. And, uh, I just, I can't remember ever. I just don't remember issues at all. And in, you know, for however long this has been 20 some years or, or whatever it's been, I just, I've never seen a time where somebody turned a cold shoulder to somebody or, or whatever. It's just, it's kind of a brother and sisterhood you know, at idea. And I think, like I said, we've all, we've all been in that place of, of being the new person. And, and I think once you have, uh, there's just so many people who want to give back and it just, you keep giving back and back and back. And that's, that's what makes idea great is people, you know, people are, are always there and, and always giving back. So. It's a unique opportunity, isn't it? And the people that you meet become lifelong friends throughout the organization. And it's, it is just a blessing. For sure. Thank you yeah, for that. Yeah, I agree. Tell me about something maybe as we as we start to close up, people want to learn about careers, right? And we want to learn about, you know, obviously when you, what you described, it's like, that's awesome. I want that. It couldn't have always been easy. There are always are challenges. And I think a lot of times we learn the most about ourselves, our perseverance through challenges. Can you tell me about a time maybe you were challenged in your career and how you work through that? Yeah, so we'll go back to Kansas City, and and uh, as we were finishing our high definition control room upgrade, uh, I got uh, told that a, a new boss was going to be coming in, and and uh, again, his name was Don Castani, and he'd come from the San Antonio Spurs, and so I knew what I knew, you know, having mm-hmm. worked in baseball and and a bunch of people, but there I didn't realize how much I didn't know about the entertainment industry, meaning specifically the NBA was a different beast than Major League Baseball. And the NBA, things were, uh, it's a much shorter time. Everything is timed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the they were playing music while the play was going on and the crowd prompts were, you know, incessant and a lot more. And, 
and you had to know the difference between a cold timeout and a hot timeout and all these different things. Well, I didn't know about any of that. And so, of course, Don comes in and I'm like, I got this, you know, I'm, yeah. a, you know, I've been doing Major League Baseball forever. Well, um, right away, Don and I started working on on all the things that I didn't know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, it, and it was a challenge. And I think he and I would laugh about this now was just that you know, when you, when you do have that new boss and they're coming from the NBA, well, they're an NBA guy. They're not an MLB guy, you know, whatever. So, you know, there's a little bit of standoffishness and that, that was a rookie mistake on my part. And that's another thing I would tell people is don't, don't be like me when it comes to those things. You need to always be what, what uh, my old uh, coach O told me was be a white belt learner, meaning always know that you can learn more and always want to learn more because the second you stop learning is the second that somebody passes you by. Well, I wish I had had that mentality when Don started there because it would have made my life a lot easier. Well, what I did is I, you know, I, I was like, well, that's not going to work and that's not going to work. And, and it made things really difficult for me. But you know what it was? It was a, it was a, a fine tuning time for me or, a, you know, go, you know, going through the fire, being molded. And, and, and it was rough because I didn't I just didn't understand why we did this or didn't do this. And, and you know, but but. Once I finally, you know, calmed down, stopped pretending like I knew everything in the universe and actually listened to Don and listened to, you know, the proper ways to, you know, utilize a host, utilize, you know, an entertainment squad, you know, here's some different things that we can bring to Major League Baseball that it might be lacking in the in the crowd prompt area or, or whatever, you know, and adding music here or there, I, it, it was great. And once, once I learned those things and to this day, you know, I still, there's a lot of different things, uh, processes that, that, that Don would put into place. Um, I think one of his lines that, uh, <laughs> I've always laughed about was, uh, he, he would always say, uh, it's okay to expect perfection. <laughs> and so I, it, you know, again, Don and I would laugh about this, but it's like, it basically with that, it's, it's carte blanche on, on just expecting every single moment of every s single game to be perfect, even though it's not going to be, that's unrealistic, but Strive the expectation yep. can be there. Yeah, exactly. And so I love it. I appreciate that that was put, you know, that that mentality was put into me. And of course, not everything is going to be perfect. It's, I, I don't know if I could name one perfect game in 23 years in Major League Baseball, but our effort was always that. And why? Because of the fans, because you always, our job is so that wh whatever sport you're, you're a part of, the entertainment side of it, your job is to ensure that a fan, regardless of what the result is on the field of your sports team, that they come back. And you want them to have a good time whether the Rangers get beat 15 to nothing or we win 15 to nothing, right. that shouldn't matter. You want a fan to enjoy coming into the ballpark, enjoy the videos they've seen, give them an opportunity to see themselves on the video board, have a good time. And, and then your hope is that, you know, they'll come back someday and then they'll get married and they'll have kids and they'll bring those kids. And yep. you just want people to enjoy, enjoy your sport. Well, so going back to, to Kansas City, you know, it took a couple of years and, and Don and I learned to know each other and understand each other. Uh, but we had some great challenges during that time. We had uh, if uh, like a can you remember what it was called? It was some sort of fireworks show that involved theatrics on the field that involved players and and there was pyro and oh CO2 goodness. and spotlights and all these <laughs> things that I had never done. And we practiced and practiced, but we got to the, the, the crux of it. 
And he looks at me and he goes, are, are you ready to produce this? And, and I looked at him and I said, you know what, Don, I'm not. I said, do you mind producing and, I, and me watching you this time? And, and I, was, I was honest because yeah. I, was, I just saw him doing it better than me. But, but I think that honesty also made us stronger because he did. He sat down in the chair. He did it. He, had, he called it the way it was supposed to be called. And, but from that moment on, it gave me the confidence to do a lot of different things after that, including the 2012 All-Star Game and other opportunities that I had to produce in, in crucial moments where television is beaten down on you and all these other things. But I do look back to that moment for whatever that um, – firework theatrics thing was that we did with the Royals at the time. And I, I just knew that I needed to take a step back and not pretend that I was good and ready to do something. But in that moment go, you know what? I'm not, and I need to watch this, but I know I'm going to be better going forward. And I was, so just an example of, you know, sometimes, you know, of course there's moments where we all got to step up and just do something. And I've had plenty of those, but I think that there's a lot of moments in our lives, too, where we need to be brutally honest and go, you know what? I- I'm not ready to do this. And I- I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I'm going to give you my best attitude and effort. But I'm going to tell you right now that I'm I'm not prepared for this and ready for this. And I know I can be better. Um, and I hope and pray you have patience in me, you know, to, to, yeah. to walk through this moment of honesty. But like on the other side, though, I'm a better version of myself for it. And I would think that most people would be. Uh, because you don't want something, you don't want an entire production to be ruined or somebody's, you know, night out to be ruined just because you had such pride, you know, that you could do anything, you know, sometimes it's just the opposite. So that's, I don't know, I've just, I've just learned so many different lessons with Don and, and during that time and, and uh, you know, just, yeah, I don't know, it's just a fun time, but, uh, but a, a tough time too in, in the sense of, you know, nobody nobody wants to be molded and nobody wants to be told that, you know, we have to do things a different way, but it, it's just a part of it. So probably a big moment for you on your, on your journey to, to lead as well, right? When we are, can be honest with the people who are managing or supervising or directing some of the work, when we can be honest and, and share, Hey, I need more help. I can learn from you on this. And as individuals, then when our employees are going through something, we can recognize that in them and offer to say, how are you feeling about this? Would you want to learn? Would you, can I help you learn? And they don't feel like they're failing, right? So by you having yeah. to go through an f- experience like that where you were you know, humbled in some ways, right? You know, I think I know baseball, but then I didn't know all the Don knew about baseball. There was more to me to learn. That helps you only and better in leading teams and leading people in the future. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you, too, the most difficult part about managing and leading is being honest with somebody mm-hmm. because there's nothing fun about having to hold a mirror up to somebody. But but, I, you know, but you as a manager, you need to earn everybody's trust so that when you have to have a, you know, a, a, I'll say a come to Jesus moment with them that you have to hold up a mirror and go, hey, buddy, you you can be doing better here. OK, you are very solid here, but. We need to work on this. And, and what happens in those moments is instead of that person being standoffish and being all angry and huffy and puffy, they know they have a, you have earned a trust with them that they know that if you're coming to them with something that they need to work on, then, hey, you know what? Maybe I do need to work on this, you know, but, but you have to you really have to work on those relationships and, and you have to uh, be honest with them and not 
and not, you know, pull them in one way or the other and, and lie to them, you know, in any regard. Because when, then when it comes down to it, when you really need to get something out of a person and, and get their best out of them, uh, you're not going to have that trust if you if you haven't taken the time to invest in them as a human being. And and uh, but but I think it's also the really tough part about being a manager is sometimes you have to say, you know what? No, this is not right. And you need to, you know, do X, Y or Z. You know, that's it's tough. No, it can be. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, it can be. But so. as long as they know that what you're trying to do is make them the best person or the best version of themselves. And that's this trust, I think. If they can trust that why you're telling me this is because you see potential in me. You see that I can be the best version of myself. That comes from a different place. And I bet you are, and I know you, and I know how you see the best in everyone. So I appreciate that about you. Well, I definitely try. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this has been so fun. So fun. Any parting words, if you were to recruit someone to join IDEA, what would be your tagline? Oh, that's a good one. Um, If I'm talking to anybody about why to come to IDEA, it's because I truly believe with all my heart that there is no better place in the world where where it comes to event presentation and entertainment to get new ideas. And I hate to use puns, but there just isn't a better place for someone to come uh, to uh, refresh their way of thinking, to think about different angles you can take in in entertaining videos or crowd prompts or different ways to do your shows. You know, it's you know, there's theatrics, there's the right musical beds, you know, so many different things. And I just I've never found a place out there that is able to bring all of the entertainment world assets together in one place. And you've got all the professional sports teams and the universities and, and you've got so many great uh, folks, you know, as the allied members who are bringing in their, their different products. And, and you just, you're just not going to find a better place uh, in the world than an idea to come and to gather as a group and, and to showcase you know, not only the great things that uh, you might have as a, as an organization or as an individual, but you're going to see the very best of the best. And, and every year someone is raising that bar higher and higher and pushing and pushing and trying something new, whether it's with lights or music or smoke or fire or (laughs) some new graphical animation they've made. I just, I just don't believe that there's any better place out there to do that. And then again, the relationships, you know, if you want to, if you want a place where you're going to grow professionally and and have a set of folks who are going to be with you from your first day in the industry all the way through the end, there just isn't a better place than idea to accomplish all that and to, to gain the knowledge, to gain the friends, to gain the um, the contacts that you'll have. It's just it's just the best. I couldn't agree more. And very well said. Thanks so much for your time today, Chris. This was a great conversation and I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Always great talking with you. And uh, uh, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on the IDEA podcast. To learn more about IDEA, go to www.idaontheweb.org. Stay tuned to our next episodes as we learn more about many of the IDEA members and how their careers have been shaped as being part of the IDEA organization. Mm-hmm.